0: one or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're a part of it tonight. This is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August 16th, and we're live, and we're glad that you've joined us. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad.
2: Hello,
3: Jacob. Good to be with you.
1: Good to be with you. We have an interesting topic planned for tonight. Why don't you explain it for us?
3: Jacob, we are hearing more and more these days about what people are referring to as contemporary worship. And, uh, you know, I mean, different words have different meanings to different people. So whether that word means anything specific to our listeners or not, may, it, it may not register with you. But it, ha- it it carries the connotation of the fact that worship, as traditionally done, is not fulfilling and not satisfactory, and therefore a lot of different kinds of innovations are being brought into what people refer to as worship, and we want to talk about that in the virtual Bible study tonight. I asked a couple questions earlier to our email list, and by the way, if you'd like to be on our email update list, if you'll go to the website and send us an email, uh, or you can just send it to our regular address, questions at collegeview.com, We'll put you on our update list. And what we've been doing the last several weeks, and we're getting some good response from it, Jacob, is that we've been sending out during the day on Thursday, we've been sending out a couple of questions, getting people to give us feedback. If you'd like to be on that list, just send us an email. We'll add you to that list. But we ask a couple of questions about uh, this idea of contemporary worship. Uh, Number one... Based upon your understanding of contemporary worship, what do you see as the pros, if any, and the cons, if any, of such practices? And secondarily, we ask hand clapping or applause as a frequent occurrence in these services. What arguments would you offer for or against this? That's what we want to talk about in our virtual Bible study tonight. We want to try to get a handle on what people are referring to as contemporary worship and then see how that meets up with what the bible teaches us that we're supposed to be doing in worship to god
1: all right let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567 toll free 877-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com we're talking about contemporary worship you think it's pleasing to god you think it's displeasing let us know your thoughts and what about hand clapping let us know what you think about that? If there was hand clapping where you were attending, what would you think about it? Let us know your thoughts again on the phone or over the email.
3: That's becoming a pretty prevalent practice—applause uh, or hand clapping in in worship services. We want to talk about that, but really, sort of in the broader spectrum of this whole idea of contemporary worship. I knew I was in a little bit of trouble, Jacob, when I was researching this, and I went to Wikipedia and asked for a, a, a reference or a definition to contemporary worship. And Wikipedia answer came up and said, contemporary worship is a hard thing to define. <laughs> I thought, well, that that may be exactly right. But what I did do, I continued to do, was to do some searching, different denominational uh, web pages and sources. and And I wanted to share some of that because I do think it helps get a handle on what people are doing and calling it contemporary worship. This is what we have reference to. This is what we're talking about tonight. For instance, on a web page of the United Methodist Church, on a whole section that was devoted to the idea of establishing contemporary worship services in various congregations, uh, one of the one of the sources I uh, it gives a lot of advice and and different things. But here were some assumptions on this United Methodist uh, webpage. Here were some assumptions that lead to what they believe is the need for contemporary worship. Number one. We no longer live in a society that is governed by the basic principles of the Judeo-Christian heritage. Number two, the unchurched do not know the basic rituals of traditional worship. Number three, worship needs to be designed in a manner that appeals to specific segments of unchurched society, marketing the message. And number four, it should be generally less participatory and more user-friendly for the unchurched than traditional worship. So as, as you put all that together, basically what the United Methodist Church, their position on it is that that we've got to change, we've got to adjust uh, what we're doing. Now, of course, this, this would also argue the point we might not – in fact, I think we certainly wouldn't agree with all of their traditional practices. But what they're saying is we believe we lived in a changed world, therefore we've got to change what we're doing in order to make it appealing to the modern man. Uh, as they go on in that section – It says, uh, in regards to these contemporary services, you should not ask for money. You should relate the message to life experiences. Don't intimidate through use of unexplained rituals. Use familiar worship modeled after top 40 radio stations. Now, I'm reading that right off the page, Jacob. It says, use familiar music modeled after top 40 radio stations. Broaden the use of media, drama, films, visuals and target a specific segment of the unchurched, often males, between 25 and 40. So uh, on, on this page in which the Methodist Church is trying to give advice and give instruction as to how these kinds of things could be established, you see the assumptions upon when they're, which they're basing their 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 innovations. That is, it's a different world, different people. we got to adjust and make it user-friendly.
1: All right, let us know your thoughts, Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. 381 4567 questions at collegeview.com. we will talk about contemporary worship on the program tonight. What do you think about it? What are some dangers? What are some things you think are good about contemporary worship? And what about hand clapping? We'll talk about that later on in the program tonight. We want to know your thoughts about that.
3: You know, as that that website goes on there, Jacob, from the United Methodist Church, I I found one thing very telling in one of their paragraphs, just a phrase out of one of their paragraphs. It says, we are less concerned about what the church believes and more concerned about how the church behaves. I think that's a real telling statement. In other words, uh, a, a reason why a lot of people feel like they can bring in innovations and so forth is because... They don't really care what is believed. It's not important to them. Doctrine is not essential in their view, and therefore it's not about what you believe. It's about what you're doing and how you're behaving. And so that's, that's, that's underlying their approach to these kinds of innovations in worship.
1: Well, hopefully the two wouldn't be separable. You would believe what you would practice, but uh, you know, there is the, the idea that uh, you're interested in some type of experience more than what uh, God has commanded, and thus the contemporary worship.
3: As as the United Methodist website goes on at another point, it says, as as you're going to build this contemporary worship, um, it says you need to recruit and or hire needed personnel. Now, notice that the personnel who would be needed for a contemporary worship service, a director of worship, singers, a band, a sound operator, a video operator, and a visual designer. You also have to get the needed equipment. Needed equipment would include house speakers, monitor speakers, microphones, mixing board, amplifiers, equalizer, sound conditioner, direct boxes, and so on, and a trained sound person. Now, when you think about it that way, Jacob, you know, if you think about a band and a sound operator and a video operator and a visual designer and all of the sound equipment and a trained sound person, that sounds like you're putting on a show. That sounds like you're putting on a performance. Uh, that, that sounds like something you might, if you, went, if you went to a concert somewhere or another, you would think that these are the things that those people would find as necessary elements to put on an effective concert or performance. Well, I think that's very telling. I think that's what we see these people doing. They're trying to put on a performance and entertainment that will intrigue people to come. And I believe it's really an appeal to the carnal side of man.
1: All right, let us know your thoughts, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Certainly, we see a focus there towards some type of experience, and so we could talk about that as we go on in the program. Dad, what about experiences in our worship?
3: How you, how you feel. Now, uh, you know, as we, you and I were talking earlier, Jacob, It's we definitely want to f- have a feeling, and we want people to be emotionally involved in their worship to God, but... And so you got to be careful how we're talking about these things. We're not saying that people should be emotionally detached from their worship. That's not right at all. We want you to be emotionally. Uh, Jesus said in John four twenty four, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we, we've got to be into it with our spirit. We've got to have uh, an emotional attachment to the worship we're offering to God but having said that, I think it's clearly different than what we're seeing, uh, from some of these who are bringing in all kinds of innovations in order to achieve a result, uh, that they desire from these contemporary services. I don't want to overdo this, but I, I found another website, Jacob, from the United, uh, excuse me, the Unitarian Universalist Church. And they, too, had on their website a number of things that would assist in establishing contemporary worship services. Now, again, this is from the Unitarian Universalist probably Church. probably
1: a pretty good place to start if you're looking for something to dis- disagree with.
3: Yeah, that's uh, – the, the, they're probably among the most liberal denominations. But uh, they give – They give a number of tips for the Unitarian Universalist Contemporary Worship. One, number one, spice it up with different perspectives, different voices, and fresh music. Have several people thoughtfully address the same topic, perhaps in dialogue. Invite new bands in your community looking for exposure to play at your worship. Give people the message in manageable bites, People just don't pay attention well to most 20 minute sermons. You know, I thought that was pretty telling there, Jacob. You know, now a 20 minute sermon is too long. People just can't listen that long. So you got to give them little sound bites, uh, if you want them to be able to, to retain anything. It goes on to say, create a spiritual atmosphere and tone. Think about how people feel when they walk in, uh, include wonderful stories and perhaps drama presentations for children. And it goes on to say, how is your message embodied? Are people only encouraged to think, or are they asked to move, to feel, to sense? Do people get to dance to the wonderful music? Are there portions that engage our eyes through visual stimulation? Sharing the taste sensations is another idea for worship. You see the idea, it's all about your sensory perceptions, uh, and, and that's what they're really doing here. You've got to have lively music, spiced up music. got to have... Any, any message that's conveyed's gotta be in short little sound bites, cause I don't have much attention span to listen to that kind of stuff anyway. Because after all, that's really not why I'm there. I'm there to be entertained. And so if you're gonna throw something spiritual at me, you're gonna to have to do it in little sound bites, cause I can't, I'm, I'm not there to receive that. I'm certainly not gonna to listen to 20 minutes worth of it. Hit me in short sound bites. And then, let me move, let me dance, let me, let me even taste, and sen- have a taste sensation related to worship. Uh, I hope that some of those kind of things, and again those are those are right from denominational websites they they 're not embarrassed about it. They put it on their website, but that 's what we 're talking about when we 're talking about these trends in worship and people going to this idea of a contemporary worship as opposed to what has traditionally been. Uh, offered in worship to god
1: all right let's repeat our questions for you to consider tonight based on your understanding of contemporary worship what do you see as the pros if any and the cons if, uh, if any of such practices and hand clapping or applause is a frequent occurrence in these services what arguments would you offer for or against hand clapping if you have not weighed in on those questions we hope you'll take this time to do so or any question or comment you might have about contemporary worship, and especially we're going to get towards hand clapping towards the end of the program. What do you think about hand clapping? How would you argue for or against it? Let us know your thoughts at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. 381 4567 questions at com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this.
0: Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this.
1: Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy,
0: Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again.
4: Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it.
1: (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that television magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to
0: see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8, W-S-I-N.
3: I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's
4: never funny. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the Virtual Bible Study.
0: Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the Virtual Bible Study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys.
4: welcome back to the
1: Virtual Bible Study. As we discuss contemporary worship on the program tonight, we're waiting to take your comments or questions over the phone. Toll free at 877-381-4567 or by emailing questions at collegeview.com.
3: Jacob, we've got an email in response to some of our questions from Harv in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Harv, we're glad you're a regular listener to the Virtual Bible Study And I I kind of think he hit the nail on the head here, Jacob. He says, the word contemporary used as an adjective is defined by Encarta Dictionary as, quote, modern in style, distinctively modern in style. How can our worship, which was defined in the first century, be distinctively modern in style? Contemporary worship is distinctively modern in style, a new pattern. In Philippians 3.17, Paul says, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Moses followed a pattern, and his obedience resulted in the saving of, I think he means Noah. Noah followed a pattern, and his obedience resulted in the saving of eight souls. God's pattern is complete in Jesus Christ. Anything contemporary or modern in style would have to be by the design of men rather than the design of God. As Peter and the other apostles said, we ought to obey God rather than men, Acts 5.29. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is, but the, end is the way of death, Proverbs 14.12. God has directed our steps regarding worship through his word. Contemporary worship cannot be from God because it goes beyond what has already been revealed and commanded by his word. The problem with contemporary worship is that it seeks to please men rather than to consider what God has said on the subject. By worshiping God in our own style and in our own way, we have to disregard what God desires. And that is the question. What does God desire? Uh, Jeremiah 10, O oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Uh, May God direct our steps. I think Harv has has hit on uh, uh, what I'm thinking is uh, the real issue here, and that is, you know, who, who are we trying to please with our worship, and what's worship about anyway? Is it about me or is it about God? I think that's what we've got to address, Jacob.
1: Well, I like what he said here, that the idea of a contemporary worship is one that is defined by the times and the standards of the times rather than defined by the standard of God's word. And when we go to a contemporary worship, we're looking at what do we want? How how should we focus and formulate our worship instead of going to the Bible and saying, how does God want us to focus and formulate our worship? And so appreciate those thoughts, Harv. I do think that he has really got down to the uh, the heart of the matter here.
3: Jacob, if, if somebody came along and, and said, you know, the worship of your congregation there is just exactly like Christians worshiped 2,000 years ago, I'd say great that's what we're striving for we're not trying to we're not trying to establish something new and modern we're trying to imitate ancient christianity we're trying to worship as the first christians did because they were doing so under the direct guidance of the inspired apostles and so we would be doing right and so somebody said man that's an old-fashioned worship that's that worship is as old as the church that's two thousand years old i'd say well good we've achieved our purpose then that's what we were trying to do
1: All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Join in on the discussion now. Thank you again, Harv, for your good comments on the program tonight.
3: Um, We got an email from our friend Pat uh, out in Grinnell, Iowa. Pat, we're glad you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. And he he says, when we ask, are there any pros, any cons of this so-called contemporary worship, Pat says, the only pro I can see is that it increases the size of the congregations that use this type of worship. Well, I think he's probably right. And a lot of these changes are for the purpose of drawing numbers, attracting a crowd. You know, if you get a, if you, if you put on a, a great performance and a great concert, if you have a real lively band and you get to dance and maybe even get to eat and, and, and engage your sensory perceptions, well, you can probably draw a crowd. And I think that's what a lot of them are doing. He says the cons. He says there are many cons to this type of worship, but I'll just include two. I think the most glaring. Um, the two most glaring this type of worship most times is not done in an orderly fashion as god would have us to do reaching back to the old testament as we to do for our learning we look to exodus 25 verse 9 according to all that i show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof even so ye shall make it um, in my studies of the bible i found that everything god does has a pattern and an orderliness to it. Anything else is not acceptable. Generally, it also includes mechanical instruments of music. I have yet to find the the New Test in the New Testament any authorization for this. I know that this kind of a, uh, of an answer, this is kind of a pat answer, but it works and is true. So, I think you're right, Pat. We appreciate you for uh, sending that email.
1: All right, you know, it goes back to the uh, the pattern of the Old Testament. I'm sure by the first century. By the time that Christ came to the scene, the te- the tavern, uh, the temple was sort of looking outdated, don't you think?
3: Possibly so. It was it pretty old by that time. It could have been time.
1: modernized, surely could have been updated and maybe rearranged a little bit. I'm sure they have changed the way that they uh, like to build stuff over that period of time. Maybe they could have redone it. Would have been pleasing to God? Absolutely not. And uh, we need to realize that the pattern that God has given us is what God wants. And if God wants it that way, then we need to give it to him that way.
3: You know, a verse that's going to come up, I think, in several of our responses is First Corinthians fourteen, verse forty, where it says, "Let all things be done decently and in order." That that's a that's a command. That's not just good advice. That's a command. And when we come together, and that context of First Corinthians fourteen is the assembly. When we come together to worship, and what we do in worship is to be decently and and orderly. And if these contemporary worship services, the gist of which we have been describing tonight, fail in that regard then they're just simply
1: failing to uh, uh, uphold one of the instructions of god thank you for your comments tonight pat you let's ask the question again what about contemporary worship let us know your thoughts should we spice it up a little bit should we change the way that we're worshiping and make it more modern let us know your thoughts at 877 or questions at com. let me uh, get a couple more of these
3: emails here jacob uh, from chuck he says we must. I, I'm not. I, he says I've never attended a contemporary worship. We must be careful not to judge another servant based on hearsay. Don't want to recommend or condemn others' activities unless I've seen them myself. Well, I, uh, I certainly appreciate what Chuck is saying there. We're making these statements based upon what we're seeing, the evidence of it, and even as we've done tonight, we've quoted from some denominational sources that are involved in that sort of thing. So we're asking for determinations based upon what they're saying themselves about these kind of worships i've not attended one either but i'm able to read from these denominational sources what they're doing and so that, that's what we're commenting about but we understand that everyone has a, you know if if we're not defining what you're doing then don't take it that we're criticizing things that you're that that are not in the category of, of uh, such activities as we're discussing tonight but in regards to the things that we're discussing and that we're seeing evidence of that's that's what we have to do so i, I appreciate what chuck is saying there and we don't want to be guilty of of judging someone that's doing something that may you know not be defined by what we're describing
1: tonight all right yeah you know we we can look at uh at worship services that uh prop- claim to be contemporary we can look at them and compare them to what the word of god teaches and that's what we're trying to do we're not trying to judge others just based upon what we think or what uh, we feel about them we're trying to compare them with what the scriptures say let's go up to ohio and welcome jim to the virtual bible study hello jim welcome to the program uh
2: hello yeah i just had a comment i wanted to make okay i don't know anything about uh contemporary worship or whatever it is i'm sure i probably don't want anything to do with it but I read the articles in the paper around here, and uh, talk to people that go to the different churches when they expand or when they build new churches, and all they're doing is building uh, entertainment centers. I mean, that's just that's just all you can make out. Is they're, they're just building entertainment
4: centers.
3: Well, that's what I think too, Jim. And you know, when, uh, some of those deny, uh, some of those sources we were reading from the internet. You know, get yourself a sound man, buy some sound equipment. Right. have all the things necessary to basically put on a performance for the entertainment of those who attend. I think you're exactly right. That seems to be what the emphasis is. Right. Yeah. And now we, we can, we can, you know, we, you know, you can call a pig, a duck, but he's still a pig and you can call this entertainment thing, this, this performance, you can call it worship, but it's still performance and entertainment. Uh, you're just calling it a different name.
2: Yes, I I agree. Uh, You know, you hear people talk about uh, the condition the country's in and everything. Well, I really believe that the condition the country is in is because the condition the churches are in. I believe that with all my heart.
3: Well, don't you think, Jim, that what we're seeing is that the church is following the culture? Instead of trying to, to bring the culture to the Lord... Many of these denominations are letting the culture take them away and right. lead, lead them uh, astray. So, I think we've got we've got the process just exactly backwards. We got the church trying to accommodate man instead of trying to get man to submit to the instructions of God.
2: Right. Yeah, they uh, they talk about America being a, a Christian nation, but we're not a Christian nation. We're a very religious nation, but. Uh there's very few christians in america
1: today yeah you know the, the uh, overwhelming majority of americans would say they're christian if right. they're christian why do we have the filth on television That's that we have exactly it, right. if the majority of the people were christian and they were holding to the principles of god's word a majority of people would have their televisions turned off and therefore the televisions would change and the, the producers would change to get those advertising dollars but you know, we claim to be Christian, but are we really? We've got to look at what the God, Word of God says and compare our lives to that. We're just religious. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah. And and not very good at that.
2: Not very good at that. Yeah. That's all I have. Good point, right. Thank Thank Jim. Jim.
1: Thanks, Jim. Appreciate Jim for calling the program from Ohio tonight. 877 381 4567, questions at collegeview.com. What about contemporary worship? Let us know your thoughts. Uh,
3: looking uh, at a couple more emails here, Jacob, from our friend Phil in Newcastle, Indiana. Phil, we're glad you participated tonight in the virtual bible study he says uh, concerning the pros and cons of contemporary worship he said i think that the appeal of contemporary worship is its departure from what's perceived to be cold unemotional impersonal traditional worship what many young people long for is a relationship with god that moves them changes them empowers and transforms them if where they come from can offer little more than self-congratulations for defending the perceived old paths the fault for a generation that departs from something contemporary departs for something contemporary must be placed in part at the feet of the churches in which these young people grew up of course the tendency of any departure is to go from one extreme to the other and my exposure to contemporary worship is that this is exactly what has happened the solution is to teach and live the life-changing heart-moving gospel of christ in a personal way a way that shows he is everything to us i think phil has hit upon something there that i may really be at the heart of this maybe part of the reason why as he says people are going to this far extreme of these contemporary worship services and the kind of things we're describing tonight is because they do see that traditional churches are really not not really committed to, to the message they're teaching they're just going through sort of the, the motions of of worship and serving God you know and if young if, if young people or or others say well you know I'm not interested in that church because those people are just you know they're just they don't have, that. their heart is not in it. They're, they're hypocritical. They're cold. They're uncaring. They, I mean, they, it's just a, a, a religion of, uh, of pretense and there's no substance to it. So they start looking for something else and uh, maybe they find this contemporary worship or maybe they find something else. Maybe they find, you know, some Eastern religion or maybe they decide, you know, we're hearing about people converting to Islam because they're, they're not getting any real satisfactory Uh, answers uh to their needs and that's a failure on the part of the church if we're not if we're not getting a message to the people that really uh uh, answers their needs in life and shows them the 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 real meaningful truths of the scripture then you know maybe that is an indictment on we're indicting the contemporary worship but maybe there's also an indictment of what's forcing people try to go that way because they're not getting what they need seriously need i'm not talking about their felt needs i'm not talking about their their feelings or emotions here but maybe a lot of churches are not really answering the questions that need to be answered and the answer that's go back to the bible practice true christianity of the first century type that we read about in the new testament
1: all right excellent comments phil thank you for those tonight You know, Dad, if we are in a worship assembly and we are present and the worship assembly does everything like God has prescribed, but we're not excited about it, we need to spice it up. We need to get excited about our worship to God. We need to get into the worship because if we're just there and the worship follows the pattern, but we're not into it ourselves, there's a problem, and God's not pleased with that kind of worship.
3: But spice it up doesn't mean to to bring in unauthorized changes. That's the difference. When when, when the denominationalist says spice it up, he means no holds barred, no rules to observe, no pattern to follow. And uh, we, we can't do that if 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 our worship is cold and people sense that. And if we're not, if we're just going through rote procedure, just uh, you know uh, hitting all the bases, but no no real commitment to what we're doing then we need to change that but that doesn't mean that we bring in unauthorized innovations to try and change it to the liking of modern
1: carnal man or does it let us know your thoughts about uh contemporary worship eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven should we bring in some innovations to spice it up let us know your thoughts stay tuned we'll be right back after this
0: Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement.
4: Hello, everyone. I'm Brett Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew twelve, verse thirty-four, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 930 A.M. Hi, my name is Mike Holt. My wife and I, we love listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Broadcasting
0: around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. Welcome
1: back to the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you again for joining us tonight as we talk about contemporary worship on the program. And we're looking forward to your questions or comments. 877-381-4567, questions at com. Jacob,
3: I've got my printer running there in the background, probably making too much noise. We got some more emails coming in. We want to get to these emails and, uh, of people who told us their feelings about contemporary worship. Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee says, uh, contemporary means up-to-date, modern. As to pros and cons, most of this music, in my estimation, deals with one's own focus, how I feel about something, what it does to me instead of singing about what Jesus or God has done a lot of contemporary mu- music focuses on how i feel about it it thus seems to me to be self-centered and not Christ-centered i think that's a real important point that we need to stress jacob that that the object of our worship has to be god you know it, it's it's and it's about him it's not about us we need to be worshiping god and making him the focus of our worship and i i agree with jim that i think a lot of the problem is that you know, we've we've made the, these contemporary worship services make man the center of what it's all about. Uh, we we're to worship God. Exodus thirty four fourteen. For you shall worship no other god. For the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. Psalms eighty six verse nine. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Psalm ninety nine verse nine. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy um uh, so it, it you know we can multiply the verses like that that tell us that god has to be the center of our worship and i i'm i'm really afraid as jim has said that these contemporary things are man centered rather than god centered
1: yeah you know it seems to be people are coming to worship and deciding how they're going to worship by asking one question one question only and that is how will it make me feel what do i think about this style of worship with little consideration for the object of our worship, and that is God. What does God think about it? And the only way we can know what God thinks about our worship, and if he approves of our worship, is if we worship him as he has instructed. And that really takes us out of the equation. We need to ask, what does God want? What has he told me? How does he want me to worship? And we find that in his word. Exactly right.
3: Got an email from Jack down in Atlanta, Georgia. Jack, we're glad you're participating in our study tonight. He says... From my understanding, contemporary worship is just another journey down the path of man doing what he wants to do. Worship God on your own terms. In our society, we cater to the whims of a few who want to change everything that has worked in the past. Most of those who would like to choose contemporary worship have no scriptural reason to change except that they want something different. Writing alongside of contemporary worship is the lax dress code. It's no longer an accepted practice for men and women to dress appropriately and in good taste when attending worship services. The new motto is to relax and be comfortable when you worship God. There's no need to be in a stuffy environment when you can be comfortable and do what you wish. Uh so I think Jack is on to that uh, the, the the thing that we're seeing as well. It's all about what suits me, not any real concern about what suits God. And he mentioned something that is another part of these contemporary worship services typically, and that's a very relaxed dress code. Now we don't believe that the scriptures convey any specific dress code uh, when people come together to worship. But uh, Jack here mentions that which is appropriate and in good taste. And, you know, I, 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 there, there's, that's not specific, but everybody, I think, understands what is meant when you say appropriate and in good taste. And a lot of people want to really make that, you know. Coming, coming, a, a, a torn t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops, and that ought to be good enough. And uh, people are doing that. A lot of religious groups are going that direction, but I think it again conveys the attitude that is behind these things, and that is what I like, and and what makes me feel comfortable and good and happy. And very little concern about what is the biblical pattern and where is the authority for doing these things.
1: Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to your participation on the program tonight. What do you think about contemporary worship and get in line with your comments about hand clapping becoming more and more common in churches today? even churches that claim to be following the pattern that God has revealed in his word. What about hand clapping? Let us know your thoughts. Um,
3: we got an email from Wade, in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. Wade says, I would use this verse as an argument against contemporary worship. First Corinthians 1440, let all things be done decently in order. I think we should be trying to follow the ancient order. I do understand that we have certain comforts that they didn't have in the first century, such as air conditioning and indoor plumbing. However, I don't see that this affects our worship or changes it. So uh, he, he he brings up that verse, Jacob, in First Corinthians fourteen forty, decently and in order, and I think that's exactly right. Thank you for your comments, Wade. We got an email from Mike here in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, he quotes uh, Romans one sixteen: "For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth." Uh, then he says, "My observation is that people involved in contemporary worship do not believe." That the gospel is the power of God. They seem to believe that bands, movies, Super Bowl parties, skate parks are more powerful than the gospel. So they're trying to attract people with something other than the gospel of Christ. I think Mike is right there that they just don't think that the old message and the uh, the simple truths of the Scripture are enough to attract the modern man. And therefore, it's almost like the idea, Jacob, we got to help God out here. You know, his his product is old. We've got to to dress it up somehow uh, to attract people because just the simple truths of the gospel won't get the job done anymore.
1: Talk about the power of God into salvation, that being the gospel of Christ. And, you know, if people, if churches want to resort to that type of activity where they focus on the carnal, it's clear that they do not understand that the gospel is the power of God into salvation They don't understand that in their life. They're not demonstrating it in their life, and therefore there's no attraction for those who are outside to be a part of uh, the group because they don't see any power in that, and so therefore they resort to the carnal. And We need to understand that, as Micah said, the gospel of Christ is the power of God and salvation. We need to understand that in our lives so that we can share it with others.
3: Um, Got an email, Jacob, from Don in Antioch, Tennessee. He says the pros of these of this contemporary worship can be seen only from the eyes of the liberal church leaders as they gloat over their growing congregations and increased money coming in. The cons can be seen from the eyes of God, who sees it as a mockery and a stumbling block. I like his point. I, 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 really, if you what are the pros of contemporary worship? Well, I think typically if you ask these denominational leaders. What are you seeing as a benefit or a positive coming from these innovations, these changes in worship, bringing in these bands, bringing in this performance worship and praise groups and all of that sort of thing that they're doing? What's the benefit of it? And say, well, look at our numbers. Look how much the church has grown. Look, look how big we are and how large our contribution is. That's typically what they would point to. You know, if our numbers went down but God was pleased, That'd be the right thing to do. Whenever we begin to measure a thing by numbers, we're just, we're just heading the wrong direction. So numbers are not the determinant of what's good and right in the sight of God. Eight
1: seven seven three eight one four five six seven. 381 4567 questions at collegeview.com. We need to understand that it is possible to worship God in a way that he's not pleased. Dad, you know a lot of people say as long as you're worshiping God... He'll be pleased with what you're doing. You just if it's directed to God and if you call it worship, whatever that might be, you name it. If you call it worship and you direct it towards God, God will be happy. But it's clear from the scriptures that God is not happy unless we're doing our worship in the way that he's prescribed.
3: I think that's exactly right. The verse I like to cite on that, Jacob, is in Matthew 15. Matthew 15, Jesus was quoting from Isaiah Isaiah. And he said in verse 8, This people draw nigh to me with their mouth and honor with me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Do you see that? I, I think a lot of people will be shocked to know that you can worship in vain. In vain means worthless, good for nothing. So here were people who were worshiping, and their worship was worthless, good for nothing. Why? Because they were following the doctrines and commandments of men that that's very telling to this whole idea of innovating worship and changing things to our liking and not following the bible pattern and not having
1: scriptural authority it renders our worship vain you know saul got in trouble for worshiping god like he wanted to worship god in the destruction of the amalekites in first samuel 15 god told him to destroy the amalekites he brought back uh some of the possessions from the amalekites notice what he said in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 20 and 21, and Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen and the best things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God. in Gilgal, notice Samuel's response. Paul wanted to worship. He wanted to worship God. People in the religious world today would say, "Well, that's perfectly fine. God ought to be happy with that. He's going to worship God." But notice what Samuel said. First Samuel fifteen twenty two. So Samuel said, "Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams." We've got to obey God, Dad, if He's going to be pleased with our worship. We can't just say this is worship and God's going to like it because I say so. We've got to be obedient to the pattern that He's prescribed. And that is echoed in John chapter 4, verse 24, where we read, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Our worship must have two elements to be pleased to God. It must be done in spirit and in truth. According to the formula that God has prescribed, and with our heart, our attitude in the right place, Dad, in spirit, those two ingredients are key. Without either one of those, our worship will be unacceptable.
3: Exactly right you referenced that old testament example of king Saul, jacob we've got an email from lee in in uh, cookville tennessee lee we're glad you're listening to the virtual bible study tonight uh question do you think nadab and abihu felt they had a more contemporary fire in leviticus chapter 10 verse one remember they offered strange fire unauthorized from the other words fire
1: fire fire's fire this fire suits us and it is to offer sacrifices to god for crying out loud what's the problem yeah yeah we're
3: we're still worshiping god i mean this fire is intended to worship god what's the problem of course we know that god struck them dead for doing an unauthorized thing getting their fire from an unauthorized source Uh, lee says they deviated from the commandment for worship and were punished similarly we will be punished if we deviate from our pattern for worship i think that's exactly right on
1: thank you lee for Your email tonight all right we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna get into the question the practice of hand clapping what do you think about hand clapping is it appropriate is it approved of is it acceptable in our worship let us know at 877-381-4567 toll free for you to join in on the discussion tonight or send us your questions or comments about hand clapping to questions at collegeview.com stay tuned we'll be right back after these
0: messages these guys are doing all of the talking we need to hear from you call in now the virtual bible study continues right after this hello everyone i'm monty
2: a member of the college view church of christ so you've been hearing all about the college view church of christ on the virtual bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church but you live hundreds of miles away from columbia tennessee and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more there's no reason to fear After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study. You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message, and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon.
1: Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the virtual Bible study.
0: Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archives section of our website. Now back to the virtual Bible study.
1: Welcome back to the virtual Bible study. Thank you again for being a part of it tonight. We're going to talk now as we go in further into our program about hand clapping. If you haven't weighed in on the subject so far, let us know your thoughts, questions at collegeview.com or dial us toll free at 877. 877- three eight one four five six seven.
3: Jacob, real quickly I want to get a couple more emails about the pros and cons of this contemporary worship. Got just got an email from Bill in Bruce, Mississippi. Bill, we're glad you're listening to the Virtual Bible study. He says today's contemporary worship is no different than the building of kitchens in the fifties and sixties. The gospel should be what calls man. If it takes contemporary worship or entertainment to get people in the doors, then that's what it will take to keep them. If people are coming to be entertained or to eat and play games, then they were not called by the gospel. We need to remember 1 Corinthians one and verse twenty-five. First, let me turn to that. 1 Corinthians one twenty-five says, "Because of the foolishness of God is because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men." It also earlier in that same context refers to. Uh, God it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so I think Bill is right on. Appreciate your email, Bill. And quickly also, Jacob, before we get – I want us to spend some minutes here on this hand-clapping question. We've got a lot of emails about that. We haven't gotten to it yet. But uh, Randy up in Jackson, Missouri has written in about contemporary worship. He says uh, – Uh, prose the atmosphere is more relaxed so participants can focus more on the worship and less on dress formalities etc the music is often more heartfelt many of the modern songs have excellent biblical messages the music is more modern just as amazing grace and the old rugged cross were once considered modern that's an interesting point that randy makes you know that it doesn't have to be old in in other words we we sing some new songs here at college view Uh, the songs that i didn't grow up singing that doesn't make them wrong but we're not talking about that. We're not talking about singing a new song, maybe one that was just written last week. That's not what makes it wrong. It's the innovation, the change to a performance type of worship and an entertainment kind of a venue, uh, a show rather than uh, a worship. And so I think Randy makes a good point there. That we're not we're not get something just because it may be a new song. We're against the innovation or change in the form of worship. He says the cons of this uh, contemporary worship, the atmosphere can lead to a lack of reverence for God. Uh, but but need not. We are instructed in scriptures to avoid chaos in our church services. Many of the songs have messages that are selfish and not very biblical. The focus often is on performance of singers and musicians and not on worship. The songs tend to be repetitious, which is not bad in itself unless the mind wanders. The singing of individuals in the pews tends to wane because there's strong leadership in the singing from an amplified team of singers. And so again, he points out that it tends toward being something you sit back and watch. It's about entertainment rather than than each one worshiping, and that's bad.
1: All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeu dot com. Plenty of time to take your questions or comments tonight.
3: Well, Jacob, the other part of this question that we asked was, "What about hand clapping in worship?" That's becoming a more and more prevalent thing. More and more people are are. More and more groups are including applause. Uh, and, you know, maybe you can think about maybe someone responds and there's a baptism. They applaud for the person who's been baptized. Maybe there's been this performance type of singing group and you applaud them because of of the song that they just performed. I can't quite imagine it, but you might even applaud the preacher for giving you one of them short little sermonettes. Maybe if he's less than twenty minutes, Jacob, you applaud him. If he goes over twenty, you, you don't applaud him because he went too long. What about these kind of things? That what, what brings on this applause? What's it about? Uh that that's kind of the question we're asking here. It's very common in these contemporary worship services to have such applause. Uh, but even others, even other more traditional worships are are beginning to see some of that. What do you think? What what's involved? a lot a lot of emails on this and and i think the general trend is going to be as chuck has written in he says uh no authority for clapping The, the new testament pattern for local congregational worship on the first day of the week includes only congregational singing without instruments prayer giving partaking of the lord's supper and bible preaching any activity other than those goes beyond what is authorized uh so I think that's going to be the basic answer that we're going to have to come to is that if we're going to do it, we need authority for it. Where is the authority?
1: 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. Chime in on the subject of hand clapping tonight. I'll go to Chuck's email, though, and I'll say we do some other things that aren't authorized in there. We aim in prayers. What about hand clapping? Then could we clap after a prayer?
3: Well, I was just about to bring that up. You know, the scriptures actually authorize the saying of amen Um, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 16, when Paul was encouraging the Corinthians to do their worship decently in order, even when they were empowered, miraculous of the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. He said they ought to pray and sing in such a way that things could be understood. He says if you pray or sing so that you can't be understood, he says, uh, how then shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? So Paul there, by implication, was endorsing, actually authorizing the saying of amen to a prayer, to something that you agree with. The word amen literally means may it be so and so paul was actually endorsing and gives apostolic approval to the saying of amen but he didn't say if he said a good prayer applaud him why would you applaud applaud seems to be the offering of adulation and if i applauded at the end of a prayer am i if i am i praising the guy because he said a a beautiful prayer am i giving glory to the fellow who said the prayer or am I here to worship God? If I'm here to worship God, but I agree with what the man just prayed, I can do what the Bible says. I can say amen to his prayer. I don't read anywhere where I ought to applaud him or or offer uh, adulation to him for having said a beautiful prayer.
1: That echoes what Phil in Indiana has said about the question of hand clapping. He says applause that praises someone for a job well done is ascribing praise to a person while we have come to offer praise to God. I would oppose general applause in that way. But the applause I have seen is that which accompanies the singing of some songs. For example, at the chorus, the song leader and some in the crowd chime in to clap with the tempo of the song. It is a heightened level of involvement on the part of the worshiper and probably also adds to the emotion of the moment. But to worship God that way is simply not how God taught us to do it. Our emotions may seek expression in lots of ways dancing, shouting, raising our hands and trembling with joy and clapping, but we must be the master of our emotions when we worship as at all other times and keep ourselves in submission to the revealed word of will of God. Singing from the heart to God and to one another is surely a powerful, emotional and fulfilling experience. As above, perhaps our failure to sing and worship as we should makes unscriptural changes seem justifiable. So we appreciate F- Phil for his comments tonight. You know, Phil says that that clapping and to show approval is a giving a praise to the person who we are clapping for, Dad. And uh, we need to be careful about that and offer our praise to God. Okay, I,
3: th- I think that's exactly right. We've got an email coming in just now from Eric. Eric says, how can you claim that your worship is decent and in order when you do not know what the songs of the song leader will be or what the prayer leader will pray for, even what the preacher will preach? I I mean, I may not know ahead of time what the preacher is going to preach about, but I expect him to be preaching from the word of God. I may not know what a man may include in his prayers, but I expect it to be scripturally based. But I especially uh, see what he's saying there about the songs of the song there. If, if if I'm just sitting back, I don't even know what they're singing, but I'm just sitting back and, and observing and being entertained by the process. Uh, he, he says he sees that as not being decently in an order. And that's the kind of performance kind of worship that we have under consideration in our study tonight. Jim in Mount Pleasant says concerning hand clapping, he says, again, in contemporary music, this hand clapping betrays the concept of entertainment and not worship. The worshipers are encouraged to sit and listen to the professionals and then applaud them for their singing. But as with my other comment about uh, contemporary worship, this hand clapping is done because it is the outgrowth of how I feel about what has happened. Self-centered, not Christ-centered. I think he's right.
1: Jack uh, replies, he says, do we have New Testament scriptural authority to clap or shout out in worship to God? I don't see authority for it, Dad. We don't have authority to shout out or to clap we just don't see it anywhere in the new testament
3: yeah uh, and i think he he goes on to say it's disorderly to say the least it's based on feel-good religion how is anyone going to know i'm religious unless they hear and see me is the idea th- these people seem to convey all this caters to young people and is being used as a way to keep them in the church uh, uh he says children need to conform to acceptable standards already in place i think that's a good point jack appreciate your comments.
1: Wade has said, clapping and people speaking chaotically anytime they want to yell out hallelujah seems to me would violate doing things decently and in order. So he would say that clapping is not a uh, decent and an orderly thing to do. Pat has written in concerning hand
3: clapping. He's taken a quote from a book by Dave Miller. Dave Miller, I've heard of this book and seen it. I don't have it in my library, but it's called Piloting the Strait. And this quote says, one change which has made its way into worship assemblies is the act of hand clapping. Hand clapping is occurring in two forms one as applause and as rhythmic, one as applause and two as rhythmic accompanied to singing. The latter practice is clearly unacceptable on the scriptural grounds that clapping hands is parallel to the use of any other body part of mechanical device that might be used to supplement vocal verbal music. Clapping hands, snapping fingers, tapping one's fingers on a desk or drum are logically equivalent to the mechanical instrument of music all which lack divine authority in the new testament god authorizes and joins worshipers to sing meaning meaning laden words and to make music enter on the human heart ephesians 5 19 colossians 3 worshipers simply lack scriptural approval for adding other forms of musical accompany uh pat says uh i think you get the idea it replaces god's pattern for worship it adds emotion to the service which is not which is not authorized uh we are there to worship his awesome greatness and that is what he expects
1: you know dad we're from tennessee and from when you're in a public uh, gathering in tennessee people express their approval and appreciation for something with a yeehaw you ever been to a, a, a event yeah. in tennessee and you hear the yeehaws when somebody approves would that be acceptable in our worship if clapping is acceptable how about a yeehaw or two from the audience what do you think uh Well,
3: I mean, if one thing would go, other things would go as well. Got a quick email from Mike in Cullioca, Tennessee. He said, I once heard a member of the church, and he even specifies it was in Athens, Alabama. He said, make this statement. We have to do something. We're losing our young people. I think the lack of teaching at home is what leads to all the entertainment that we're seeing increasing in the church today. In other words, we're losing our young people. So do something. Change something. Make it different. Well, I think Mike said on it right. The reason we're losing our young people is because they're not being taught properly at home you can't, you can't expect the church to, to fulfill all the, the lack of what they're not getting at home.
1: Don in Nashville has said hand clapping is all about self, not only for those on the stage who eat it all up, but for, also for those who feel that they think they are doing their part by clapping from the audience. It is all about self-worship, making people feel good about themselves and has nothing to do with repentance.
3: And then finally, Randy has written, clapping in itself is not wrong. And I think I would disagree with Randy on that point. He says it is our way in our society that we tell someone thank you, particularly for some public performance, be it musical or a speech or a sermon or an athletic performance. Well, it is. We do clap for people who give a performance. We do clap for people who give an athletic performance. But that's that, That's why I would disagree with this statement. That's not what we're doing at worship. Uh He says it's similar to a person in the pew saying amen during the sermon. I disagree. Amen is authorized, as we already pointed out from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 16. But clapping is not authorized. He goes on to say, however, and and, and I agree with him here. However, in a church setting, clapping tends to elevate the performer rather than the God being worshiped. My preference is not to clap for anything in the church, but I can't say it's a sin. To be fair, we should clap for the preacher after the sermon as well as the singer after the song. I, again i disagree respectfully with my friend randy uh i do not think we should be clapping for the preacher or for a singing performance by a group or an, or, or a soloist those things are just not authorized uh, it does as you, as randy said elevate the performer rather than
1: god and that's wrong all right well we're out of town we appreciate out of you time we're out of time and we're gonna get out of town oh, we gotta get out of town because we're out <laughs> of time Well, Dad, uh, you know, we may have said some things that were controversial tonight. And if you disagree with anything that we said, let us know via email or you can call us anytime. We'd love to talk with this with you over further. Uh, You can uh, contact us. We can have a discussion over email, over the phone, or you could even come and be a part of the virtual Bible study to discuss your differences with us. We'd like to talk about this with you uh, so we can come to a common understanding of God's will for us in our lives. Dad, thank you for your time tonight.
3: Thanks, Jacob. I hope we had a good study that was helpful to all who were listening. We appreciate all of our regular participants in the virtual Bible study. Tell others and be back again next Thursday night.
1: Next Thursday at 8 o'clock or Central Time, we encourage you to join us on the virtual Bible study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.